Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a Sunday night, and it's uh, a great night because uh, tonight we're talking to Farrell Timlake, and uh, Farrell is with us, a uh, courtesy and a uh, heavy suggestion of Charles, and Charles uh, is, uh, he keeps saying, I need, uh, you need to have a friend of mine on, you need to have a friend of mine on, finally, I said, okay, let's, uh, 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 uh. anyway, so we got uh, Charles' friend, Farrell Timlake on, and Farrell, Maybe that wasn't quite the story, but it's close enough for government work. How are you doing tonight? I mentioned that somebody from my college had, go, had gone into the adult industry and suggested you, and Patrick was like, eh, you know, and I'm like, give the guy, you know, shoot him an email, see what he says, you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm honored, and thank you. I, I really, I've been out, out of the industry now for a while, but, uh, you know, I still have uh, mostly good memories of it and, and had a, you know, certainly a, a a crazy ride through what we did and you know uh you know hopefully i'll share that with some of you guys if, if you're not familiar with with uh you know it was interesting girl. checking out some of the video some of the homegrown video you know i've seen a couple some of them right it, well did you know about the um connection with the the south park originators um matt stone and, and trey parker or? no oh you didn't know about that okay no uh Okay, so I was involved in a in a um, crazy uh, series of adventures with those guys because basically uh, Trey had a script about um, uh, a Mormon who becomes a superhero in the, the porn industry and, and fights evil and, uh, you know, does porn by day and fights evil by night. And uh, so when when I first came across uh, the, the script, which, which I was turned on to by a mutual deadhead friend that we met, you know, uh, because he was involved in a production that was shooting a piece about, you know, porn in your backyard. And so I, I met him at, at uh, during that and then found out, oh, you know, your, his buddy Trey is writing a script about this porn superhero. And, and uh, it, it's funny for the Mormon parts, but, you know, he needs help on the, the porn part. So I was like, well, I Porn is pretty darn funny, and I will um, uh, I'll take you guys along on some shoots, and we'll we'll just you know bring you right into ground zero of, of what it's about. So like for a year or so, we we um, shot what I'd call like prankster porn together, and and did some some really crazy things. But uh, it was all you know jokes that ended up being in the movie Orgasmo. So um, it it you know had a place and a purpose, and and uh, yeah, it was it was just a, a great old time but you know uh we did things like um we we did a prank because no one knew who trey parker and matt stone were at that point it, it, you know everybody had seen the little cartoon but no one knew what they looked like so uh it was very easy to do stuff to people with those guys involved where no one knew who they were and uh for example uh trey was friends with a uh, uh famous producer uh named uh charlie wessler and, and wessler produced like dumb and dumber and something about mary and all those kind of you know uh Ferrelli brothers movies and uh the um uh wessler invited us over and he he had worked on star wars so he was friends with carrie fisher and and uh all these other people and so wow. wessler invited over um Carrie Fisher, Richard Dreyfuss, um, uh, Timothy Hutton, and 
uh, Buck Henry, who I was totally impressed with Buck Henry. That that was, you know, definitely a pinnacle for me. But uh, they they all came over. And so I pretended to be Trey Parker, the up and coming, you know, Hollywood sensation. And Trey pretended to be Farrell Timlake, the, the ultimate uh, porn producer. So Trey's walking around the room uh, and, they, you know, these people all showed up with not not just themselves, but their their little entourages. So there's, you know, 20 people in this um, guy's apartment. Um, and, you know, I'm Trey Parker, Trey's uh, Farrell Timlake, the, the porn guy. And he's he's got his shirt open to the navel and a big chain on. And he's he's going like, people, people, I need more ass looking. God damn it. Can I have more ass looking? And, and I'm, I'm like, they're all coming up to me. And I, I had hair, you know, I was following the Grateful Dead. So I, I like, you know, totally. We all had a lot more hair then. Yeah, I had total hippie hair. And uh, they're all, you know, oh, you're, you're so talented. You're going to be such a sensation. And I'm like, humbly, oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, we just kept fucking with them all night long. Like uh, Carrie Fisher at one point, uh I'm holding the camera and she's like, uh, I want to, I want to get a shot. Can I get a shot? And I said, yeah. And, and she goes, well, what should I get? And, uh, I go close-ups, just get close-ups. And, and it's like right in there and getting close-ups. And, you know, we just, we had like people that were porn people that, uh, pretended to be, you know, staff or whatever, uh, you know, production crew. And, and they start messing around and like Buck Henry, who's shown up with his own camera, starts videotaping whatever's going on behind the scenes. And we just we kept throwing little you know things out at him and uh, messing with them all night long. And uh, they didn't know that until like uh, a day to a week later, you know what what had happened. But, um, you know, they, they they were all freaked out because. Uh, right when we were getting, you know, to the to the money shot and all the, you know, the, the big hoopla like. I pretend like I'm so turned on at that point that I drop trout and you hear the whole room just go, Oh no, <laughs> like Trey Parker <laughs> throwing away his career before it even started. And they, they just all, you know, you hear the collective moan and um, yeah, I, I, I jumped into, you know, do, do whatever I, I was going to do. So uh, yeah, it was, it was funny, but we, we did stuff like that. And then one time, you know, we were always getting hit up by, you know, Fox News or somebody to, to, you know, do the porn in your backyard story. So when when the Fox crew walks in, we, we have like the most uh, genteel uh, scenario going on where like somebody comes up with a, a, a tray of coffee and little aperitifs and is like, uh, would you would you like a drink to, to relax before we start? And, you know, they just kept messing with them and we had a guy who was a friend of mine who was wheelchair bound um and and uh they asked like why is the guy in the wheelchair here and i go well you know there's there's like um there's make a wish right but there's actually an adult version of make a wish where you can ask for more adult things and he doesn't have much time and that's what he wanted to do and they, they were just like wow you guys are <laughs> are so nice. Like, I, I can't believe we didn't expect this. And they just, you know, we kept on doing, you know, spinning them round and round. And uh, we, we did that a bunch of times for uh, about a year of, of just shooting. And so a lot of like the, the humor that comes out in Orgasmo was, was based on scenarios of, of stuff like DVDA and 
um, uh, just most of the porn humor really came out of that, as as well as South Park characters for that matter. Like uh, the the character Timmy was was kind of a um, based on on a uh, one of the crew guys and and uh, the photographer in, in um, Orgasmo that Matt Stone played was based on uh, a, another deadhead friend of mine who was my photographer and and yeah we just we we kind of had a, a wonderful time. Uh, did you know went to to uh, all the the you know Tokyo Film Fest and you know Montreal and all these places to to take Orgasmo around, but it just kept fucking with people with porn all the time. So it was it was uh, yeah a grand adventure. One thing about it was um, Richard Dreyfus was pretty much a porn aficionado. Um, oh, he, he yeah he. <laughs> He wanted front row seats. I, I was, I, you know, wanted to recommend a, a raincoat for him because he was sitting kind of close to the action. I, I got a little concerned that he was going to jump in there because, uh, yeah, he was leaning leaning hard to, to Tom, see what was going on. Tom Byron said that they had a, about a half hour discussion at some uh, meet and greet thing that they had, and Richard pulled him over to the side and just talked for about a half hour, blah 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 about everything that uh, porn related. So I mean, it's it's good. You had to. A good audience then if you had oh yeah but buck henry was a big fan too and uh and and it was crazy because we almost got busted um because one of the people that we had as our secret porn crew people um was who was doing makeup uh and i'm totally spacing her name but she she was a starlet in the the 70s and 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 pretty good i mean she wasn't like you know um Marilyn Chambers big or one of those level stars, but, you know, she was one of the, like the B girls of, of the seventies era and, you know, in a lot of the movies, but never, you know, the featured person. Um, and, but she knew Buck Henry from the days where they used to, to hang and bang and in, in uh, uh, Plato's retreat. And, and so they'd see each other and, and it, I guess, you know, they really must've had great times at Plato's because they look at each other and they're like, Oh, I haven't seen you in forever, and I re you remember that orgy we were dealing with this and that, and, uh, and and we thought that would be the giveaway, but um, he just they they went with it, and it was fine. And she said, "Yeah, I'm just doing the makeup here today and and whatnot." So uh, she she kept character pretty well on that, but uh, yeah, Buck um, and Carrie Fisher, she she locked away one of the people that we had with us made this product called love cuffs, which was like a gentle bondage type thing. And, and he had a whole box of things that we were using for props during the shoot. And at the end of the shoot, Carrie's like, Hey, you know, can I maybe get some of that stuff? And, and she went home with the whole box and she had this huge, like, I don't know. She's, she wasn't that uh, tall. I, I don't know what her, her exact height was, but you know, she had this blonde guy that was like, you know, six, six or six seven like you know strapping fellow that uh was was you know uh dating her at the time so it, yeah they went home with the, the whole uh love cuff kit and it was it was pretty funny well let's go, let's go back a little bit and, and uh we kind of started in the middle on 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 this deal but uh let's talk about how you got your start and, and what were the things that transpired you said you're a grateful dead fan and and uh just followed them around and then this kind of followed that correct yeah no it, it my um well, uh, became my ex-wife, but at the time, uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, we, we wanted to see more dead shows and, um, the, you know, the, the kind of the 
challenge of that was what can we do where we can go whenever we want to go and uh, enjoy shows without worrying about, you know, losing a job and all that. So we, um, we she, she said, hey, you know, we, we've been watching these porns that said, uh, and they were the early homegrown videos. And at the end of an early homegrown, it, it said, send us your movie for $20 a minute. And, and so, you know, ding, 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 $20 a minute. Wow. You know, we, we're having fun anyway. Why don't we just send in videos? We'll make money and we we'll go, you know, see more shows. And uh, we sent a bunch of videos to Homegrown. Um, didn't hear anything for a long time. I mean, it, it just went into a black hole. And, and during that time, we decided, okay, well, if that's not going to work out, we're going to try the LA scene. So we, we found um, uh, Jim South and, and world modeling and, and, you know, went the whole route and, and we, we were seriously, uh, I guess, dedicated to it. I mean, we, we went and, and did like uh, tantric sex classes and we, we spent a lot of time working out and trying to, you know, get to, to, uh, our brain, our, our heart and our, our, you know, our sex organs ready to, to deal with being in the business. So we, we, you know, we, we wanted to go in eyes wide open and, and, uh, we, we ended up, our first shoot, um, was done by a guy named Paul Little, who, uh, later became Max Hardcore. And, uh, it was, it was crazy because, uh, you know, we'd never done anything, but just what we you know, turn the camera on ourselves. And so here we are working with, um, well, at that time, Paul, and, and it, he, he had a, uh, a condo in Pasadena and, and it was a super hot day and uh, so hot that they, they, the air conditioning wasn't doing crap. And, and so they decided, that, okay, we're going to open the doors and try to get a draft through here. And, and they they kept shooting and they had the lights going and, and uh, you know, we're, we're just, okay let's let's do this thing and and uh a neighbor walked by and and uh you you hear it off camera close the door you fucking perverts and, and <laughs> right right at that time uh I, I, my girlfriend's face you know they, they were on a close-up of her and she she looks at the camera she looks out she looks back at the camera she looks at and like just starts laughing so we 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 rolled with it it had a good time uh i ended up becoming uh friends with paul and i saw his transformation from being paul to being max and and uh you know which which kind of was was weird because you know he his personality really changed with the um becoming the character of, of the videos and and you know it was really brought on by uh fans that were just you know, getting weirder and weirder as he had to, you know, satisfy every uh, request they had. And I, I, at a certain point, I was like, I don't want to really be in this scene anymore. And we'd done like um, kind of the other, you know, side of the industry. We did, you know, uh, VCA and Vivid and all the, you know, kind of the big um, more movie type stuff. Uh, and just weren't really digging it, like uh, doing the amateur thing. So, what happened was uh, finally homegrown contacts us and says, uh, we do have your videos and we do want to buy them, but we'll buy them only if you guys will participate in this interview. Cause we're trying to sell the company the company went into a bankruptcy and that's why we didn't buy it. And um, if, if uh, you'll participate in this video, which will help us sell the company, uh, we'll definitely get you some sort of money. So 
Yeah, we said, okay. And, and that interview ended up becoming uh, part of uh, like a HBO show and, and was, was, you know, kind of, kind of blew up. And, and now we found out what was going on with homegrown. So I, uh, asked like everybody I knew if um, they'd lend me money to buy the company because at this point we knew okay it's uh, you know the assets of, of that that original library of being homegrown and having all the original amateur stuff uh, we, you know we knew that dis- distribution was really where the money was at so um, I, I tried borrowing money from everyone I had money lined up but then all of a sudden I got busted for weed and when I got busted for weed everybody said, okay, we don't know if you're going to be in jail for the next five years. So we can't, you know, do this thing. So luckily, what, um, a, I'm sorry to interrupt. What time period was this now, by the way? Uh, early nineties. Early nine. Okay. We're talking yeah. a whole different time. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was yeah. like 92. Yeah. About, okay, yeah. yeah. And the public had a very different opinion about weed and, you know, during that time period. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, definitely looking at jail time. Uh, it wasn't like Washington or California now where, you know, uh, yeah, it was yeah, a whole different uh, world at that point. But luckily I had a, I had a great weed attorney and I, I did end up getting off, but then I had to, to figure out how I would still buy this company. And, and, uh, finally um, went to my mom and she actually took a second mortgage out and, and lent me the money and, and basically took a big chance on it. And, uh, you know, it was a weird conversation because I, I had to, you know, confess what, what had been going on and, you know, what, what, you know, what uh, path I'd taken in life. So it was like, Hey mom, um, I got a few things to tell you. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I got busted for weed. Um, I'm in the porn industry and uh sue's pregnant and and all she said was sue's pregnant <laughs> oh that's, oh wow and it took about 24 hours before it sunk in and she's like what about the weed and the, the porn can you tell me more about that uh so it, it was uh that's yeah. got to be a weird conversation yeah yeah but it 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 all it all um it did work out she she lent the money we bought the company out uh and so yeah like end of 92 is when we we took over and it it sucked because the original homegrown had basically burned a lot of relationships and a lot of distributors and was you know had gone from being you know the 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 best of what amateur should and would and could be to to everybody hating it because uh you know they had had problems with the the tapes and all sorts of things so I'd make the call like, oh, do you want to, you know, homegrown's back, we're new owners, we're ready to, and you wouldn't even get that far. You say home and they'd hang up on you. So uh, we dealt with that for a little while and realized like the name homegrown isn't going to win us any friends. So uh, we created um, Explore Media Group as as sort of a, a different brand, different name to, to work with and, and started doing not just the amateur stuff, which we were still getting by on because homegrown had a great uh, mail list. So the, the direct consumer market was, you know, happening, but for the uh, 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 national c- distributors, we had to, to work around it. So we launched the program stuff with uh, uh, Explore Media and, and started to figure out like, okay, what people wanted and, and everything that we did with the homegrown line kind of paved the way for us. Like, uh, we get these crazy scenes and and at one point we had all these 
scenes that we didn't really know what to do with because it, it, you know, we tried to work things out along, um, uh, you know, suitable material that would go with the, you know, different uh, scenes. And eventually I just had this one that was, what do I do with all this stuff? And so what do we call it? I don't, well, let's just call it what it is. So it was overweight, oversexed and over 40. And, and when we dropped that title, it, it just went crazy and, and um, was one of our top selling titles for years. And, and it was, you know, it was the true amateur stuff. It was the mom and pop six pack Saturday night uh, amateur porn stuff. And uh, we realized that, yeah, even in, in the sort of the, the bigger, more pro market, there was still uh, people that loved that stuff. So we slowly but surely everybody started to trust us as, as the new ownership and, and we, we built back the brand and, and uh, resurrected homegrown to a, to a great degree. And, uh, you know, we were there early internet and, and, you know, taking advantage of a lot of stuff and eventually partnered with a company called Cyberotica, which uh, mixed results on that, but um, yeah, eventually ended up in a long uh, arbitration with them, which wasn't fun, but um, yeah, I mean, it was, everything was a learning experience at that point. Who were some of the, uh, uh, and maybe there were none, but were there any um, uh, fledgling stars that came out of the amateur side that went to the, the you know, professional or who we would know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we had uh, Stephanie Swift did her first thing with us. Um, gosh, there were, there were quite a few. Um, and, and some that were like bigger stars. I mean, Stephanie Swift certainly uh, did a lot of stuff. Um, and gosh, I have to think of couple of the others uh but there were some that happened before i actually got in there um i think uh dominique simone might have done her first thing was was a homegrown um and gosh uh whew, I'd, I'd have to i'd have to think about that it's it's you know it's been a while but i, I know yeah a couple people did go on animal um it was was you know, really well known for a while. Um, and gosh, uh, I don't know. I, I, as, as they come to me, I'll, I'll, I'll share. Did you happen to go to the uh, Jim South uh, birthday party they had for him? No, no. When was that? Oh, that was in 2019. I was there and I didn't, I didn't see you. It didn't look familiar, but a few of the names you mentioned were there. And I thought, well, maybe you were, uh, Max Hardcore was there. Uh -huh. at our table and yeah max is an interesting dude i mean um i just because i knew him when he when he had the paul personality and not the the max and the max is is entertaining and, and it's over the top and and you know i he lives his art that's all i can say i mean that you you know like him or hate him you know he is he's just true to what he does and you know i gotta you know honestly um having worked with him, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, it's not my thing, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, believe that he should have gone to jail for what he did or anything like that. And he, he certainly, uh, is, is just not the part of the industry that I ever wanted to be. I mean, we homegrown, we always wanted to just be like, let people do whatever they want and, and, you know, see what happens. And, and even, even when we have like the, um, you know, the starlets from LA 
come and do, you know, the more pro-am stuff. It was, it was always like, okay, we're going to go rent a house. We're going to see what happens, you know, hook up with whoever, you know, is, is, uh, you know, turning you on at the time. And, and we're not, we're not going to tell you, you got to do anal, just do whatever you just do whatever you like. And, and so just a different vibe. I mean, it's, um, what, what we thought was our X factor was, was kind of that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Charles, any questions for uh, Farrell Tim Lake? Um, not really. I mean, I don't, I read the article on how you told your kids, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought maybe you could bring that up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how other people in the adult industry do that, but I figured since there was an article, I'd kind of broach that with you. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was, a, I mean, you know, a lot of times I do these interviews and, and it would always kind of be the same questions, but uh, that was, was interesting because it, uh, it, it went down that, that path and, and it is, it, I, you know, you always wonder like, okay, all these people, you know, have this crazy, uh, you know, day job or whatever, but, you know, a, a lot of those people, and especially like, um, you know, the, the single moms that, could work one or two days a month and make enough money to, to, you know, spend all the time with their kids and, you know, be, be super, super moms really, uh, and do porn. And I was like, you know, the people, people need to know that, that that's, that's, that's more the reality. It's not just a bunch of drug addled, you know, freaks running around, um, whatever. And, you know, kids with shitty diapers or whatever. It's, it's, it's some very tuned in people. And, it's a business. It's a business for them. Yeah, basically. yeah, and and yeah. Uh, you know, they for for similar reasons. It, it just is like you know, if you can work and enjoy what you're doing, and and you know, make uh, make your family you know comfortable, then that's you know, what's wrong with that? So, uh, with with um, the Huffington thing, um, we. Uh, we had just, you know, started it at, my kids went to uh, Waldorf schools and Waldorf is interesting because um, part of the, uh, the protocol and curriculum and whatnot is, is no media. Um, you know, kids can't, if at the certain, until they get to a certain age, you know, keep them off of um, TVs and electronic devices and, and, you know, just have them be, uh, you know, kids and, and let them, you know, develop, uh, their, their brains, you know, doing things. Uh, so, you know, we had that going, but I always knew like, okay, I'm still doing these interviews. I'm still, um, going to be seen on whatever HBO or, or, uh, you know, any number of the, the, uh, things that I did over the years. So, you know, I, I always realized, okay, what do you say when, when people start asking the question? So I, I, I really just, wanted to, to not hide behind it or do anything. And, and, um, you know, when, when the questions did start happening, I, I just was, uh, very sincere about it. And, and, uh, you know, the, you'd think like, Oh, all these parents are going to, you know, ostracize us and the kids and whatnot. Didn't happen that way at all. Every, everybody, um, we, the only time that we ever had a challenge with people, uh, being negative about what we did is, is when we first uh, told like our, our Grateful Dead friends and, and some of them were like, some of them were, were just super happy for us, but you know, a couple of them were like, that's just too weird, dude. And I can't handle that. And uh, you know, but a year later they're asking like, Oh, so maybe I could see like one of these movies or something, you know, it's like we'd always come around and then we'd also, you know, get all the, the, uh, 
the weird like people would share their their uh, crazy sexual stuff with us because they figure you know we're we're just a uh, open to, open to whatever. So it was always uh, interesting, you know, to kind of get those insights. Yep, they always come around, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. Some yes, people faster than locally others. Locally in our small town, it's like, well, what did you do there? Well, what what did you? Uh, would that be something I'd like? Well, you know, I can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just have to go and find out. So. Yeah. Uh, let's check in with Cartrell here and see what uh, is new with Cartrell. How are you doing today? He's always here. Yeah. I thought he was frozen there for a second. I did, I did too. That's what I thought. No, can't hear uh, anybody. Audio. He has this problem every week. I can't. Can you hear me? I can Cartrell? hear you. Yes. <laughs> Erica, go ahead and ask uh, Farrell a question if you got one. Okay, uh, let's go back to Max Hardcore. I, I mean, I have my, you know, I, I certainly have my own opinions about him, and, and um, I, I ran into him at uh, the 2017 AVN. And, um, you know, sort of that Max Hardcore thing, you know, I mean, um, a lot of us do find that a little bit offensive, but uh, as he progressed into it, he said it was kind of weird. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Mm. Uh, well, I, I mean, for me, uh, I, I just, I never really wanted to be part and, and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, my partner, you know, she didn't, uh, we, we both decided that we were going to be very, um, you know, sex positive and that yeah. you know, had to be as much, uh, you know, a mutual thing rather than, uh, you know, whatever that, the, uh, sort of the misogynist thing that, uh, that, that he's running. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it was, it was a, definitely a conflict there as he became more and more that character because he didn't start as that character. I mean, he mm -hmm. did hard scenes, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, so much about that. And it, it became that because he started getting fans mail because um, some of the stuff that he did, you know, people kind of angled into it and uh you know I, I i get what he was trying to do at first which was just you know have uh sort of he he was always creating i mean if you look at some of the stuff that he did and some of the things that i did with him like we we shot with uh animal one day and uh and we shot in the middle of a cinco de mayo um uh outdoor you know party whatever in los angeles at, at uh one of the stadiums and in, in the parking lot and you know there's thousands of people there and we're shooting the, this intro to the scene and and the animals dancing provocatively in the middle of this you know thing and there's some band up on stage you know 100 yards away and and uh everybody stops watching the band and and basically watching her and and like dudes are circling around us and and i'm I, I was his cameraman for a lot of stuff and uh, it just, it, the, the circle started to get closer and closer and closer. And then somebody reaches out and grabs her and, uh, and, and she, she's tough. You know, she, she, she definitely came from like, uh, you know, hardcore uh, strip clubs where, you know, she, she knew how to, how to defend herself and bam, like it, she, she just didn't even hesitate. And, but, at the point where, where she smacked the guy, um, it just, you know, there's that moment of like, you know, it, 
some of these guys are probably freaking gangsters and you know some of them are just like whatever not not going to stand for this and um it it was just the the craziest moment like everybody dropped looked at each other and then we're like we got to get out of here and we we started you know scattering to the uh get back to to the van and uh you know, Anna doesn't break character and Paul doesn't stop filming. And, and she's, she's sitting there going, I know who you are. You're Max Hardcore. You want to fuck me in the ass. And, and she, she doesn't, you know, skip a beat. She's just keep, <laughs> keeps running with it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm freaking out because, you know, I, I see like the crowd of people kind of like, Oh yeah, maybe we should grab this girl. And, um, you know, luckily we made it in and we got out of there, but, you know, it was moments like that where where I knew like, okay, Paul's going to push the situation to get his his shot or whatever, and you know, it could get dangerous and it could you know be. I mean, it, it's it's not. Uh, I'm not here to you know. Uh, I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to like worry that you know I'm going to uh, take a beating. So um, you know, it was, it was moments like that, and then then uh, certain you know starlets that would come on set and not be. Uh, expecting you know his his style of stuff and I, I told him like you know you really you gotta you gotta you know sit these people down and educate them and show them what kind of scenes you shoot and, and do this stuff and you can't just you know throw somebody into this situation because it's it could be terrifying and and what you do is is you know I mean, that's your thing and it is you know you're right like okay most Hollywood films that show you know graphic violence are you know morally just as as uh questionable as as him you know calling somebody a, a fucking cunt or whatever right and um, and you know I, I come from mainstream you know before i got into adults and you, you know even behind the cameras i've shot some pretty violent scenes and i've, I've performed a few violent scenes before and right. I, I joke that all my films now have happy endings but um you know i, I, mean, <laughs> I think that um yeah, I mean, it, it just, I think there was some kind of, like, tone about that, where it's, like, where, you know that, like, when we're shooting an action, you know, like, say, an action sequence or fight sequence or something, you know that it's kind of like this fantasy thing, and you know that it's very well choreographed. Right. And we have people behind it, whereas I've seen some stuff on him before, and he basically kind of lured her into doing it, and she was, like, really freaked out, man. This is, you know, when you drive a woman into tears. Oh, yeah. To yeah. me, that's and not I saw, I I saw I've got to be that, you know, and... and um, I, I totally agree. I, I, it, was, it was that kind of stuff that, that I just, I couldn't take it. I couldn't be that person in, in uh, enabling it to, to happen. Uh, and it wasn't just, you know, me, his own brother would would freak out on him and not want uh you know it, it would be a, a wrestling match to to kind of dial it back or and and we're not saying like oh don't do it we're just saying give the person a heads up that this is what is going to happen because if if somebody has a heads up and and is playing the part with you then it, you know yeah they might be good or bad at at you know being an, an actress about it but at least they're they're not you know scared of you and and you know terrified that uh, you know you're you're actually gonna you know put them in the hospital and and literally like you know of course there'd be like the the boyfriends or whatever or the husbands that uh, would see their their uh, you know spouse or whatever coming out of a shoot and and 
crying and disheveled and and just not not a pleasant scene and and they they threatened paul's life so it was it wasn't it wasn't something he he you know should have been uh you know careless about because it 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 definitely would have consequences at one point lapd started investigating because a girl had disappeared and they thought he had killed her so you know he had he had repercussions all the time from what happened and and you know, although I don't think he should have gone to jail for for you know a girl pissing in, in a tape or whatever that he right. went to jail for, I do think that that happened. You know, if you want to get into the karma, you know, is payback's a bitch. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point he he went too far, and that's you know kind of what what came down as as you know. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, back you know back in the day when um. Uh, you know, before I got into the uh, the adult part of the industry, but um, you know, I was chaperones around the free speech coalitions, and I would run into him. And, and you know, at that time, I really didn't know who he was. I mean, I, I was doing a little bit of research on uh, some sex workers for a screenplay that I was doing, and um, so uh, you know, as I got more and more, uh, you know, info and sorry, you know, this this. Um, Max hardcore character. I'm like Jesus Christ, you know. And, and sometimes, you know, a lot of us would go, you, you know, after after the meeting, we, we would all go out to dinner, you know. And um, you know, the subject of of, of um, you know Max hardcore would come up a lot, you know. And I'm like, um, I don't think you would want to try that with me, but you know, even back then, and and um, yeah, and and uh, you know, people like uh, an animal. She mm-hmm. she loved Max. She she right. thought he was the be all end all. But she was really into that type of, of vibe and that kind of mm-hmm. sex and like the whole thing was like, you know, everything else was boring to her. But that was her her trip. And and more power to that. Like mm-hmm. if if that's your thing, you know, and and he can do that for you and with you and and you know you don't feel. Uh, you know, traumatized by it, you know, I, I'm all for that, but just don't, don't take the people that uh, are going to get run over and, and take advantage of it. That, that was my, my issue. But, you know, at the point where he literally turned into Max and said, don't call me Paul anymore, call me Max. I was a little concerned because, you know, you, you got to still, you know, deal with the real world at, on some level. And if, if everything that you do, and, and literally the last time I saw him, we went to a, uh, a restaurant in Seattle and, and I took him to a place that I knew I'd never go to again, be, just because, you know, he was Max and, and he had his, his little protege starlet with him and she was dressed in, in super like crazy, you know, uh, whatever hooker outfit that, that was, it was just a little too racy. I mean, he showed up at my house with my kids and I was like, yeah, that's, that's a little too much. You know, you, you can literally see her, her, her pussy you know her dress is so short and she's not wearing underwear and yeah that's not my that's not going to happen in my house with my kids no we're drawing the line so i'll take you we'll go eat somewhere and you know we'll catch up it'll be fun but when we're in the restaurant he's busting out like the the computer with you know hardcore anal images and and the waitress walks by and it was like Oh, like freaking out! And I'm, I'm just and, trying and, and to and like, Seattle, oh, you know. Shit. So say again. And, and and you're also in Seattle. You're not in LA. You're not in Vegas or someplace like that where it might be a little bit more, you know, it's a bit more commonplace or anything yeah. like that. But you know. Yeah, but I bet even yeah. even even in like, uh, you know, the Hollywood, if if you uh, mm-hmm. 
busted out someone you know with cum being you know spiked out of their butthole like uh yeah they're they're probably at, at you know when they're serving you whatever some tacos they're, they're gonna be like yeah it's a no, candid mud yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, you can tone that down a little i mean people gotta eat so um just to back up just to back up and to, um I'm, I'm also a dominatrix so you know what i get into some of that heavy uh shit too but you know what everything is negotiated i don't i don't trick anybody into a certain scene so if there's yeah. a scene where you know i'm ramming my fist up somebody's twat or asshole or whatever uh, it, it's very consensual and they know exactly what they're doing and they are very well prepared for it. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, I, we had a neighbor when we, when we had our mm -hmm. studio in, in downtown LA before we went to San Diego for homegrown and, and she had come from, yeah. she, she had been a, a CPA at a fortune 500 company, but she said goodbye to that to, to be a dominatrix. And, and, uh, she was making way more money as a dom. And I, I would always laugh because, uh, you know, yes, she was very consensual and very professional and, and, uh, but you know, she'd have like these, uh, guys cleaning her apartment that she'd go and send for groceries dressed as women. And she, she, she just always had something fun going on. So, uh, it was, it was entertaining to, to learn, you know, that, that side of everything. Sure. At one time I was going to see about having Max on and then, um, I, I didn't want the blowback and I didn't want the negativity. I didn't want to have a couple of haters get on and, and, and shoot him down just for telling a story like it or hate it. So anyway, I thought, eh, not worth it. So, you know, um, what? Next he, week, he, he's, and you know, on top of that, he, he might, he, uh, he, yeah, he might, uh, you know, I, I mean, there's, you know, there's a good chance he would probably clash with me and, and, um, he'd actually contacted me on, on social media one time and I, I, I don't know, I didn't like the vibe, you know. But yeah. hey, that's me. You know, you, you know him in a different light. You know, I mean, you've worked with him. So. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I, 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 I agree with what you you all are saying. And and, and uh, but you know, yeah, he he's an interesting guy. He's certainly seen the industry from you know this amazing perspective. And uh, yeah, he'd be he'd be in a, a, definitely a controversial guest. Uh, but you know, at the at the end of the day, um, you just yeah. I mean, I I get it. He's he's uh, he, but you know, when you think about it. I, I look at, um, you know, recently shot porn and everything is, I, I can't even, it, it's just not my, my thing at this point. Cause you know, the, there's all the, the choking scenes and like it, it, his influence, I think, you know, went to, to a lot of other places and got even more weird and, and, you know, tendrilled out into these places that, uh, it, I don't know, for, for a lot of people I know it's, it's, business 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 but um it doesn't look fun and you can tell that people aren't really you know having fun and and for me that's that was always the turn on and why we got into homegrown in the first place is you know it looked like people were actually having fun and even if they weren't like whatever your you know a-list uh uh you know pretty people or whatever they they at least look like uh they were having fun and that made them all the more beautiful in in our eyes than even whatever and and i met like uh savannah early on um because i i was uh out of the blue nominated for a, a scene i was in and at the abns i um i showed up and i said hey I, I i'm new in the industry and i i i got nominated for award what do i do and they're like we don't we didn't even know you were coming but we'll we'll give you a seat at the table and they they put me at the table with uh uh, Savannah and basically they had, they were punishing Savannah because the year before she had 
kind of stood up and gave an acceptance speech that was basically, you know, and, and this is my favorite part of AVNs. Uh, and if you guys have all been to AVNs and, and know you know what I'm talking about, where the, the uh, usually a starlet will get up and, and be like, like Jenna Jameson did it too. Like, you know, the, some of these people are cool in this room, but most of you are fucking assholes. And, and I, you know, take, take a fucking hike, you know, <laughs> like you always get that moment during AVNs and you get the moment of like uh, the brand new girl that's having a blast. And, and it's like, Oh, you know, and my parents are here and I love you, mom and dad. I think it's, it's the greatest thing. And uh, so, you know, but um, Savannah, the previous year had done one of those, you know, fuck you speeches. And uh, so just to, to like kind of um, show her up, they, they put her at a table all by herself. And uh, and I'm put at the table out of the blue. So I'm sitting next to her and, you know, she was you could see she was fuming about the the situation and and uh it was it was very awkward but it was interesting because all these people that were like las vegas um you know acts like rich little and and other you know comedians and stuff were were coming up and and saying hi and newer and and uh so it was just yeah you know eye popping moment for me because i i didn't realize like how much there was this crossover at that point um which there really is like Erica, uh, what you were saying about mainstream and, and porn have this weird, you know, I, I call it celluloid curtain that separates them. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people from mainstream that work, uh, you know, moonlight in, in porn in one way or another on the production side. So it, it you know, it was fun to, to, to learn about that and then, you know, see it firsthand. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because, you know, here I am on the other side of the, um, you know, the questions. Usually during the week, I'm doing the podcast where I'm um, being featured. So, you know, here I am and, and um, um, you know, my entrance into this industry is, is quite interesting. I mean, I, I tell people, Google me. <laughs> well, you, you look familiar. So, I, I mean, I am going to Google you. I, I won't do it here now, but, mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I do think I've, I've seen you before and I, I'm not sure. You may have at, at a certain point. I mean, I, I started in the adult industry more in the BDSM um, side of the store, but in the last few years, yeah, you know, doing the hardcore thing. And, um, but, but in, in uh, you're, you're way more the, the recent decade, like I'm, I'm all the way back in the 90s. So I, I, right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I was a mainstream model in the, in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, very very different world. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's an interesting story. I'm doing the podcast tour right now, you know. So I'm um, you know having a blast with it. Yeah. Cool. I'll have to, have to check it out. Well, next week's guest is uh, Gina Carrera, and Gina is going to be at Exotica in Chicago. She's going to be in uh, the booth that uh, um, I'm kind of partnering up with uh, Signatures After Dark, and we're going to be at the uh, booth. And Charles is going to be there as well. He's going to kind of, he's going to be Lynn LeMay's handler. If anybody can handle Lynn LeMay, it'll be Charles. Good luck with that. Thanks. <laughs> no, Lynn, Lynn's nice. I met her once on a set uh, early, early on. But yeah, she, she, she was nice people. She's kind of a trip. Yeah. Well, Charlie, every, everybody in this industry is a trip. But I, you know, uh, can you hear me? Deadland and, and tripping is not a bad thing. Yeah, no. Oh, you can hear me now? Yeah, I can yes. now, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. 
you know, I heard that uh, editing in porn is very hard. Like one of my friends who does editing for a mainstream company, he said that editing is so boring that even porn can seem boring when you're in the computer just doing it for hours. And it seems easy to people who aren't in the industry. Uh, that's very true. I, I, um, at Homegrown, we were doing, uh, at, at, at the height of um, production stuff, we were doing eight different movies a, a month. And uh, editors would just uh, go like, you know, they'd go kind of crazy. And, and I'd have to, you know, make sure that they didn't stay too long or do too much because uh, it, it definitely would start to wear on them. And, and you're right, like it, it uh, especially, you know, just certain things like you know, just so repetitive and, and um, it, it, it would be difficult. But I, I do have to say, like the, the people that edited it under us uh, went on to cool, like mainstream editing gigs. And, and like one of my, my best friends became an editor at uh, NFL Channel and, and uh, you know, they, they, they might have suffered in the, you know, porn, <laughs> you know, to get started and learn their chops. But uh, it, it always had a happy ending for them. When did you um, when did you move on from from adult into other other, other venues? Um, really, and what led to that? Uh, I guess you know when I came up to Washington, um, it it was prior to uh, the the cannabis industry you know really taking hold, but it was in its infancy. So uh, I got into um, the the medical marijuana side of things uh, before it went state legal and uh and that was that was really the transition point from from the adult side now you caught erica's attention in mine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean now um i i'm trying to to franchise the the company that i uh am part of and, and work with is is white rabbit cannabis so we're we're trying to go nationwide and uh yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I I, I mean, I love uh, that you know at this point I can legitimately say my life has been about sex, drugs, and rock and roll because you know I started with touring Grateful Dead shows and then went into uh, porn and now I'm you know, settling in cannabis. So it's all good. Carol, if you want to send Erica or myself any free samples, we would be glad to accept. Yes, we'd love it. Okay. Yeah. I, I know that when I've been uh, you know in the Northwest. Um, as you know, in, in, in Washington State, there was a there was a blend called the Jesus made by a company called Solstice. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I know Solstice, yeah. Yeah, and um, what is it, Ike's Pot Shop up in Seattle? I was there pre-pandemic, and uh, you know we got we got a few edibles, and then then I was on my way to the Whistler Film Festival, and um, and at the same time, I, I have a I have a friend in Vancouver. I, I can get um, acid, so there was a screening that I wanted to go to, and. Um, so, because I don't know, you think I would know where to get it in LA, but I don't. But um, um, yeah, you know, you know, there's some really good strains growing up there, there in in BC too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we used to always, you know, talk and rave about the BC, but but Washington mm -hmm. uh, was was kind of a, a ground zero for some strains that uh, they they used to study at the University of Washington, and you know, whoops, some clippings might have. You know, gotten out of the, the researched uh, arboretum, uh, you know, no. And uh, so, yeah, some, some of these strains are, are very classic, uh, uh, you know, study strains that, that are the basis of a lot of 
other other stuff at this point everything's a hybrid at this point but um yeah no I, I, it's it's fun it's it's fun and solstice that's a great company for sure i yeah i love their products you know whenever i'm up in that area i, I um yeah yeah that that strain called jesus all, all it takes is a few hits and you're 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 totally in la la <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh anything else for uh Farrelton, like our guest today on uh just talking anything else charles any other questions um so what happened to homegrown video after you left or after you did you sell the company to somebody else or yeah no my my, uh my ex-partner um ended up buying buying my shares out so uh that that uh uh my brother went um is as well uh we all kind of went our separate ways and and uh uh, Spike Goldberg, I guess he still is running the company, although it's it's very different now. It doesn't. Uh, I don't think they get much uh, amateur stuff anymore, and it's uh, you know really just an online company. I don't think they're doing any any other stuff. Because I remember going into a video store and they had like rows of like homegrown videos, like numbered, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, they're at, at some stores, there was just, uh, their amateur section would be called homegrown, it would be all our stuff. And, uh, you know, when you go back, the, the library went all the way back to 1982, and literally, that that was the, the first amateur porn company uh, in the U.S. Um, there, there was amateur porn, like the Ugly George show in New York, and, and there was stuff that, that existed that was, you know, amateur uh, in nature, but um homegrown and and the original owner really started the whole whole amateur scene in, in uh in the world I, I think i don't you know i don't know that there were any european uh amateur co companies either okay all right well we certainly appreciate your time and a little bit of a history lesson that we had yeah, I, I, have, I have a question for our car, uh cartwell did you finally okay. ever uh did you finally ever uh, smoke any uh, dmt yet uh, let me unmute him go ahead Oh, I haven't done any psychedelics yet. You know, I'm going to prepare myself one day. But and, you know, and the thing about that, that is a lot, that, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, you're doing I mean, the right I did, thing. I did, I, yeah, I did weed and blue lotus before, but I've never gone like a step further than that. Yeah, uh, well, um, DMT is definitely religious experience time. So, you know, be be centered when, if if and when you do it, and and have fun, and and just it's it's a whole nother. It, uh, it, it tastes like it tastes like smoking mothballs, kind of. You know? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I did it when I was up in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did some DMT. Yeah, I did it up in Seattle, and I did it like at six in the evening, and 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 I and, and the lighting was perfect. Everything started looking really really sharp when i did it you know yeah um well it's fascinating because i mean we're talking hallucinogens with porn it's like uh seattle now has legalized uh, uh mushrooms and and other other places are starting to legalize uh uh and cubensis and and whatnot so you know the whole uh psycho not thing is kind of coming full circle i i used to collect um blotter acid for a guy named mark mcleod uh, that uh, would would do these exhibits where he'd take 
real acid and make collages out of it and and do these cool art pieces and uh it was it was yeah just a, a i would say a very trippy time but that would be sort of obvious huh and, i mean you know for me it's a rare treat i love to trip every so often i haven't done it during the pandemic because i like to be in a good headspace yeah you know it, it, it's it's good for tuning up i'm i'm uh I don't do like what I used to do during Grateful Dead tour years, but, uh, you know, the, I, I still revere and, and uh, appreciate it, all the, the, the times I, I, I did do stuff. And, you know, a lot of this, the things that we did with uh, Matt and Trey, we, we did on acid, like, yeah. you know, we, we did um, Sundance and we had this huge, because uh, at that point everybody knew who they were and South Park was a show and like they, that, you know, was getting, we were there for orgasmo, but they knew about South Park. So uh, we all dropped acid and we did this um, nice press panel type thing. And, and we were just kind of riffing on stuff and goofing on everybody. And, and uh, it, it was it was a blast. But yeah, no, good acid was involved. I, I did four grams of uh, psilocybin mushrooms in, in um, Mexico and uh, my last day there. And I was performing a fetish event down there. I was performing some rope suspension, some good stuff like that. And, and so um, I, I, I just, it really, I mean, because a few nights earlier I did two grams and it was just right. Well, you're, you're a brave adventurer. I'm not sure I would, I would be able to, to uh, wrangle that kind of um, thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was, it was awesome. And the funny thing was, was that um, I, I almost went to jail that morning that we did it. <laughs> then it was a good show <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, I, well i had to urinate i went on this far end of the beach and there was like this really jungle area like you know and um so when i came back man there was like some beach patrol people and they were like fucking pissed so you know yeah That'll yeah I, I saw my life go in front of me man he's an offense punishable by an arrest <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> feral uh-huh. I, I had one question. Let's go back in the way, way back machine. I lived in uh, Holden dorm my senior year. Uh-huh. And apparently I, I, there were a couple of guys who were growing weed in their closet. And the, somebody had pulled the fire alarm at like 2 or 3 a.m. Uh-huh. And apparently when the fire marshals went through each room or whatever, they found the weed. And I don't know what happened after that. I had heard that they got arrested. The school didn't care. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I think they they uh, they they were gonna get arrested, but then um, I, I think they pretty much got off because uh, basically, you know, the school's private property because it was private school. It wasn't. I mean, if it had been a UC campus, it, they would have been, you know, uh, definitely more liable. But uh, I, I think that the, I'm trying to remember who that was, but I totally remember what you're talking about. It was about. a couple freshmen, I think. Yeah. And and uh, and I I think that they pretty much got off. Um, it, it was you know they weren't kicked out and they weren't um, they didn't do jail time or anything like that. As I said, the school didn't care. Yeah, well, the school cared a little bit. I mean, I, I, they they brought me and uh, Mike Simpson in at one point, and, and oh, really? we were dealing uh, um, pounds of cocaine, and we're like, "What are you kidding me? You think I'd be living in this freaking?" 10 by 12 cell that you call a, a dorm room if I was selling pounds of cocaine every month? Like, 
No, I, I had a couple of people. Everybody knew I smoked weed and had it, and I have no, I don't remember who I got it from. Um, but I had a couple of like Pomona like students show up in my dorm room wanting to like buy weed from me, and I wouldn't sell it to them because I had no idea who they were. But I did smoke. You know, we did bong hits, and then they went on their merry way. Yeah, well, that that's always the way to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay. it's not weird that I, in my neighborhood in San Francisco, there's a, they've opened up one dispensary and they're now in the process of opening up another one. I'm like, it's so cool. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's fascinating that we live in a world now where, where that's, you know, you know, weed is available at, at your local, you know, weed store and, you know, porn's for free. And like, yeah, you know, just the, the world is, has gone. It's, it's a weird world we live in now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, again, we certainly uh, appreciate Farrell stopping by, and it's been a, an enlightening uh, event. It's good, kind of good to get a, a different perspective of some things, and this time it was from the amateur side of things. That was so good. So anyway, uh, Farrell, appreciate you stopping by. And, of course, uh, next week we have Gina Carrera will be our guest, and I uh, can't wait to have Gina on and hear what she's up to. Maybe she'll put us in a headlock and give us a noogie or something because – she does some uh, wrestling as well too. So, yeah, uh, I yeah. think I think for fetish wrestling. So anyway, that yeah, cool. should, should be cool. Gina Carrera next week on Just Talking. Don't forget we're on several podcasts now on several uh, venues there. So don't uh, miss out on that. If you just Google Just Talking and podcasts, you'll be sure to find us anywhere. So anyway, that's what we have going on tonight. We will stop by next Sunday with Gina Carrera here on JustTalking.com. Thanks for coming out. Well, cool. thank you. Thank you, Charles, and, and nice to meet all, all of you. So thank you.